Welcome to the Lighting Your Way podcast. This season, our sixth, we're talking to my colleagues at Guardian Nurses about how they help our patients navigate a very complex and confusing healthcare maze. At the end of each episode, you'll hear their suggestion as to how you can become an advocate for yourself and your loved ones. For a patient, there are plenty of challenges in the healthcare system, but perhaps none more frustrating than having a diagnostic test, treatment, or surgery denied by your health insurance company. Some studies suggest that insurers deny between 10 to 20% of the claims they receive. Honestly, sometimes it feels higher. And when less than 1% of patients appeal those denials, it's money that the insurers keep. After all, it can take energy and time, and a lot of patients just give up. After all, they're not feeling well. In this episode, I talk with Susie Parker, my guardian nurse's colleague, who in her role as a mobile care coordinator nurse for a health and welfare fund in Washington State, supports patients who have received denials. Susie shares her suggestions for gearing up for an appeal. Warning, it's not easy. Susie Parker, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Betty. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Um, our West Coast, one of our West Coast nurses in Seattle, and you are working uh, as a solo mobile care coordinator on one of our building trades programs. Mm -hmm. And um, you're a busy gal, busy gal. You got a lot of folks to, to support. But one of the things I think is unique in your role um, is that you are often dealing with insurance-related questions, not just clinical questions. So tell us a little bit about how that evolved. Okay, thanks, Betty. Um, I started having people, members, and their dependents call me directly um, when they had surgeries that were denied. And most of the time, I was able to find out that the surgeries were wrongfully denied. Hmm. And, and what was, you know, was there a theme? Was there, was there a particular surgery that was being denied? Yes. Um, mostly spine surgeries, uh, neck and low back, cervical mm -hmm. and lumbar spine. And what happens is, and this is actually, I think more common than people think, um, the insurance company which is a very large major company in the US. Um, and I think probably all insurance companies are like this. They send you a letter of denial and they say you were denied because, and then they list a whole bunch of things. It can be diagnostic, physical therapy, um, you know, chiropractic there's there's about 10 things that go in there and they don't they don't tell you exactly what it is you you, you almost <laughs> of have course. to <laughs> yeah, of course yes. of course it's all designed <laughs> that way we know that um, right right and so what i found is most of the time the denial in that list of things is physical therapy and physical therapy was not recommended by their surgeons because it will, one, cause more pain, and they're already in quite a bit of pain. And number two, um, 
it could in make the injury worse. Right. So right. oftentimes those reasons that, you know, the rationale for not moving forward with the patient uh, with physical therapy is because of the damage and the pain it will cause. And oftentimes, Betty, that's not documented in the patient record. Mm. So when you, when folks came to you to, to ask, you know, for help, um, how did you dig in? What was your, what was your process? Oh, well, my process is I get all the information, you know, of course, who is the, sur- <clears throat> excuse me, who's the surgeon. Um, and then I get a HIP assigned and I gather the notes. I'm okay. particularly interested in the denial letter. Uh, so I can see, you know, why was this denied? And of course, it's kind of a menu of the reasons. Yeah. And so typically it's, so I talk to the patient, like, did you, have you done this? Have you done this? And it's, it's really most of the time physical therapy. And most people don't realize it because this letter is kind of overwhelming, you know, to most people. Yeah. does, does the doctor get, like, does the surgeon's office get involved? Are they helpful to you when you're doing this they are, investigation? They are. So I fax the HIPAA and um, I get records. And I also say, um, you know, because they too get the denial letter in their office. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's added to the patient's chart. And so, you know, in my fax request, I say, you know, um, The patient says physical therapy was not done, and could you please address that and send me a document speaking to that, because we're moving forward with an appeal, and I always get it. No, if if patients, so if if you connect with a surgeon and say, hey, you know, can you just document why you didn't recommend physical therapy, is that often enough to turn the appeal into an approval or denial into an approval? Oh, yeah, that's okay. that's the number one thing that um, I have found in my experience. The one number one reason why it's denied. Wow, that's uh, it's kind of like a secret. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> it's like a little I secret. Think, I think they have many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, it's the it's the it's the um, behind the closed door, right? The wizard. Yeah, I um, think it's much easier than people think it is. So, yeah, I remember a a case, I guess a couple of years ago, um, we had a patient who had cervical issues. And to your point, right, doing physical therapy would may have done more damage than just having the surgery. So to your point, it was pointed out, you know, hey, this is kind of a scary thing. We don't want to recommend that. And Mm -hmm. it took a little while, but the insurance company did finally approve it. Um, Are there other cases that you get involved with? Like, I mean, I know there's these building trades guys, so they're probably going to have musculoskeletal issues and backs and hips and knees. Um, Any other cases that come to mind for you? Well, there are. But first, I wanted to tell you a little story about one of my patients who needed lumbar surgery. He'd been waiting for a while because when we do the appeals with the healthcare trust, um, it's quarterly. So we get all the paperwork in and wait for that date to come up um, for his appeal. And in the meantime, this poor man 
had to be uh, hospitalized in an emergent way because he had a GI bleed. And oh. the reason he had a GI bleed is because he was taking a lot of uh, right. ibuprofen, anti-inflammatories. Yeah. And I mean, so, you know, as you being a nurse, so many things could have gone south on this man. And um, so that was another thing, of course, the insurance company had to pay for was a GI bleed. And wow. so then, you know, obviously he couldn't take that anymore for pain. And um, so that's that's the story I wanted to tell you. About. Wow. Of my patients, he had a secondary problem. So that's the other thing I think about in the back of my head now is um, what could possibly happen if we don't do right. appeal? You know, right. what are the what are the outliers here? So I think that's an important takeaway. No, it is. Are, are these guys still working? Are they working through this pain? Or are they on a disability? Um, most of them are not, and. Typically, um, the, the members that I work with, they're hard, hard workers. They have a very high tolerance for pain. And mm -hmm. um, yeah. so when they absolutely can't work, it's a big deal, obviously. Yeah. But um, to, it tells me a lot when they aren't able to work because they work through a lot of pain daily. Right. right. So. Yeah, I mean, the musculoskeletal issues, I'm sure, are huge uh, in the mm -hmm. in the trust. Um, mm -hmm. Now, you had mentioned another um, case about an insurance company saying that something was cosmetic. Tell me about that story. Yes. Uh, so I have a wonderful young lady uh, who came to me again. It was a direct call to me, and she has a severe underbite, meaning her upper jaw is, her lower jaw, I should say it this way, juts out. Mm -hmm. uh, so that she was born that way and it's gotten progressively worse over the years. She's always been told and denied she needs max, maxillofacial surgery and orthodontia goes along with that. Uh, so she's been told her whole life that this is cosmetic. So she's was oh, denied geez. several times. Um, her mother took her when she was a child. And so she grew up thinking this is the way it is. Oh. She's had many um, problems as a result of um, she, there are only uh, two teeth molars on either side upper and lower that actually touch wow. so her ability to chew is very impaired she's limited in what she eats if she um you know does not chew or masticate is the other word the food enough then it causes discomfort right. in her gi system um she has had cracked teeth over the years. So she called me oh. and said, I don't know if this can be done, but this was denied. And they say that it's cosmetic. And I met with her and at a coffee shop. And the minute I met with her, I knew there's no way this is cosmetic. This is a exactly. horrible right. physical problem, you know. Well, to, um, your, to your point earlier about what, what could go wrong. Right. They're not looking downfield. Right. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. And when I went with her um, 
to her surgeon's office, her maxillofacial surgeon. Um, you know, I got records and um, I, that's one of the questions I asked him is, um, okay, looking to in the future downfield, what could happen to this patient if nothing is done? And eventually he's surprised that she's been able to keep all her teeth this long. Jeez. So he said, eventually all the teeth would go and she'd end up with dentures. Uh, but she would continue to have problems, um, you know, throughout because of the jaw malformation she was born with. Um, so what I did was I, I got all the records and all the x-rays and I got records from her orthodontist too, because they're working, um, in tandem the orthodontist and the maxillofacial surgeon. Mm -hmm. And um, we filed Thank an appeal. God. Yes, we filed an appeal. And, um, you know, the great thing is that the, the trust, the members of the board, the appeals committee um, have hearts. <laughs> they have really good are hearts. Are you saying, excuse me, Nurse Parker, are you saying that perhaps an insurance company doesn't? Is that what you're implying? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> um, because the same things were submitted to the insurance company. I mean, it's really a no-brainer okay. that this is definitely not cosmetic. Right. Um, it's 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 a congenital anomaly. So, um, yes. And you know the the cool thing is, and I've never had a doctor. Uh, request to do this was he wanted to testify on her behalf by phone cool. so he went first the board had i faxed you know i got all the records to them uh for the meeting and so they had everything in front of them you know the x-rays the photos which is you know it's very very telling and mm -hmm. you know um one of them like was trying not to cry because this was such such a disservice to this woman, you know. Was she so, there at the uh, at the hearing, or or was just was. photos? She, she was. was? Oh, yeah, wow. and okay. I was. I hugged her. She, now, when um, when they're my patients in the appeal, I'm not allowed to ask questions. Mm -hmm. I have. I can. I can do the discussion, the deliberation part after the testimony is over because it's a legal proceeding. Um, so I had to, you know, I kept my mouth shut. I was quiet. And then when I, I hugged her when she left and it was hard for me not to, I was t t fighting tears, you yeah. know? So, and so, yes, that was overwhelmingly, um, over, uh, one, we won that appeal for sure. Ooh. And does she have the surgery yet? Not yet, because her orthodontia, uh, there, you know, it's, so she has adjustments every six weeks, oh. and they're getting the teeth ready for the surgery. So everything primarily has to be done. Um, not everything, but the major movement of the teeth, because you're moving the roots too, have to be done prior to the surgery. Wow. Which is a, you know, it's a pretty big surgery. I mean, you're breaking yeah. the mandible, the jaw and readjusting it and she'll have hardware in there and, wow. you know, everything's going to be wired shut for a while and, but she'll be fixed. So. Wow. 
Congratulations, yeah. Susie. That's great. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I'm positive that nobody's going to hug somebody after a, after an appeal hearing. Did, uh, did they make that decision right away? Did she leave knowing that it was approved or was it? Soon uh, well, after? They, the way they do it, Betty, is they tell um, after the recordings off, then the attorney um, lets each person know that's appealing. There will be a decision in writing mm. uh, they will receive within seven days. Okay. And so I, of course, stay after. And, you know, so I had two patients that day and mm. they both won their appeals. And so, you know, I told them beforehand, I'll text you after the vote. You don't have to wait seven days. So. Okay. <laughs> Insider information. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as soon as wow. they voted, I, I let them know when I had a break, I, I stepped away and let them know that they won. You know, it, it's gotta be, it's gotta be so frustrating. I know that the speed at which insurance companies, uh, departments and their communication is so slow Right. And and to think that this woman's been dealing with this for so many years, it, you know, it's so frustrating to have to wait. So I'm glad that you were able to give her that information before seven days. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I think she that they were going to move forward, her and her husband, with the surgery and everything anyway. But the amount of money is... You know, with how much surgery, would something? Yeah, how much would something like that cost? I'm gonna say probably roughly roughly thirty thousand, including the surgery. Oh. Um, yeah, it's a it's lot of money, but think about it. She, you know, she'll be she'll be whole again, right? Which is the point, right? She's not going to yeah. be. And to your point earlier, again, it may down the road prevent a lot of other slew of issues with their gastrointestinal tract. It will prevent. It absolutely will. I just believe in doing the right thing, you know, and that's where when it comes across, you know, um, my desk, my job, um, I'm a fierce advocate and I'm proud of that. Um, I like to think of myself as (laughs) A pit bull with a rag doll or something that will not let go until she's absolutely sure she's won. And I really um, believe strongly in holding insurance companies accountable for the bad decisions, denials they sometimes make. It's really important. Go, Susie, go. I say, (laughs) good for you. That's, you know, it's empowering to be in, to to have this kind of role where you're able to make that impact to patients, you know, directly, right? Besides clinically supporting them, getting them to a a, a doctor, getting to a better cancer treatment center. You know, you have the ability to to make things right. So kudos. It's it's literally changing their lives. And, you know, I... In my day-to-day work and helping people with appeals coming up, I, you know, I mean, I don't lose sight of it, but there's so much going on in our work days, my work day, that when the appeal is won is when I get the full-on realization that, wow, I just made help make a huge difference in this person's life that's very important that they deserve. Yes, you did. You know, right. so I help wrong a right. I mean, right Ta-da! or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right or wrong.
So, Suze, with 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 all of the experiences that you've had in the last few years, at least here at Guardian Nurses, when you think about advising someone that doesn't have a nurse Parker, uh, a fierce pit bull with a rag doll, you know, throwing <laughs> it back and forth, what do you suggest to our listeners who might want to take on uh, an insurance decision, uh, an appeal, you know, to appeal something that's been denied? Yes. Um, what I would say is, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, first off, try to have an advocate, family member, a uh, close friend. If you know a nurse or someone in the medical field, great. Um, and, you know, we're, have somebody else is my hope that people will do walk with you through this journey to read the denial letter, decipher what it says, you know, ask questions of the doctor, the surgeon, you know, what, show it to them. What, what did we miss here? Like, cause again, they don't specifically tell you this is why we denied it. I mean, they would get, they would have a ton of appeals if they specifically told people. So get your doctor to help you decipher what it is in that list um, that wasn't done. And then, you know, read the, because they will tell you in that letter towards the end, if you want to appeal, follow these instructions. So follow those instructions. Uh, You have I know there's a window of time you have to appeal it. It's, you know, I think 30 to 60 days for most insurance companies. Um, Get the documents that you need. Oftentimes, some insurances will do um, an appeal or a doc-to-doc talk. So um, the doctor treating the patient will have a virtual or phone meeting with one of the doctors that works for the insurance company. Uh, And a lot of times that will work. You know, it just depends on each insurance company has their own rules and way of doing things. So depending on um, what their process is, um, just follow the appeals, the information to appeal it that's in the denial letter, but have a friend or a loved one, someone that can advocate for you and um, get the records that you need um, from your doctor. Or if it's something like physical therapy, for example, that was missed, ask your doctor to send that in too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't give up. If you're fairly certain that this was uh, wrongfully denied, then Please don't give up and fight fight for it. And if if I might say in closing, um, if you if you get frustrated, call Guardian Nurses. Perfect. Yeah, right. I hundred percent agree. Yeah, I think it it's a it's an over, sometimes it can be overwhelming, particularly if you're not feeling that well. You know. So thank you, um, Susie, for. For your advice and for your good work out there in Seattle, uh, I, we Thank really you, appreciate it. And I know your fund and the members appreciate it. So good job. Thanks, Betty. I, I'm happy to be here. I appreciate it. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Betty. Thank you for joining us this week. 
You can find the Lighting Your Way podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend and leave us a review. You can learn all about Guardian Nurses Healthcare Advocates on our website, guardiannurses.com. So until next time, find some joy in the holiday season, pet all the good doggies and kitties, and remember to tell your people that you love them. Happy holidays.